This podcast is brought to you by Living Waters Church, Kyabram. You can visit us at www.lwkyabram.com. So let's turn to the, the book of John. You know, when I first got born again, I used to have trouble reading the Bible and a friend told me to start at the book of John, then read the book of Acts and you'll be right because the Holy Spirit will lead. And it was exactly as he said, the book of John, it's a, it's a great place to start if you're just starting out on your journey of Christian walk. The book of John's a good place to start. So John chapter 1, verses 1 through to 5. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing that has been made was made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. In the beginning we see that Jesus was life. He was life. And if we were to go right to the ending of John, in John chapter 20, verse 31, it says, But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. So at the beginning of John, it was about having life. At the end, it's about having life. It's all about the life in Christ. Jesus came to redeem us back to the Father to have that right relationship with our Father in heaven. He came first to preach to the Jews and then it went to the Gentiles. But it was all to have life in Jesus' name. That's why Jesus came and he, he went and he talked about it so often and John brought it out so often in his word. It's about life in the name of Jesus. But there was also a time when Jesus had a longing regret. In John 5.40 it says that, yet you refuse to come to me to have life. So even though people seen it, they heard it, they were refusing to come to him to have that life that he was offering. Because Jesus came that we have life and have it more abundantly, or as one version said, to have life to the full. So this is what Jesus was offering, but still people refused to come. Not only does Jesus give us life to live here on earth, but he's also offered to us life eternal. Jesus said, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish and no one can snatch them out of my hand. My father has given them to me. He is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my father's hand. Jesus said, I and the father are one. John 10, 27 to 30. So when we come to Jesus and give our lives to him, we can trust in him that his saving grace will keep us and no one can snatch us out of his hand as long as we stay faithful to his call. There's an old song that says, Jesus is mine and I am his and his banner over me is love. That's what Jesus, how he sees us, his banner over us is love and he's leading us in his way. He's given us a life to live all because he loves us. And this is the assurance that we have because Jesus has made a way for us and we can stand upon his promise that we have this eternal dwelling in his kingdom. Now, as I thought about this, eternal life, that eternal life is not an extension of this life. 
It's a new life. We speak of eternal life. It doesn't always help because you talk to a person that's going through a tough time, they've had a terrible life, and you say, give your heart to Jesus and you'll have eternal life. Their thought may be, well, if this is life, I don't want it to be caught into this for eternity. That would be horrible. If this is all that is offering, you don't want it. But the thing is, there's good news. Jesus always has good news. Eternal life in the kingdom of God is not like this life. It is a new life. And that's what we look forward to. This world, it's a, it's a fallen, it's a broken, lost world. We're called to live in this world, but we're not a part of it. We have a new home, a home in heaven, God's eternal kingdom, and it's totally different from this world. In this world, Satan and his fallen angels rule, but there's a destiny for them in the eternal fires of hell. They will be defeated and cast out forever. Those who believe in Jesus and have made him Lord have the promise of this eternal life with him in heaven. The promise is where there will be no more tears, no more suffering, no more dying. God himself will come and wipe away every tear. Is that something good to look forward to? I, that's why I like to call it the good news. The good news. God himself will wipe away every tear. And remember that God is true to his word. His promises are true and we can trust them. Let's just move over to Revelation 22, right at the end. When I was at school, I wasn't very good at reading. So I would read the first chapter and then I would read the last chapter to see how it all ended. And I would do an essay on that, which was a bit of a cheat's way of doing it, I suppose. I got through school. 22 verses 1 to 7. Then the angel showed me the river of water of life, as clear as crystal, flowing down from the throne of God and of the Lamb, down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be any curse. The throne of the Lamb of God will be in the city and his servants will serve him. So we'll have a job to do in heaven. We won't be sitting around doing nothing. There we'll see his face and his name will be on their foreheads. There will be no more night. There will be no need for light of a lamp or a light of the sun for the Lord God will give them light and they will reign forever and forever. The angel said to me, these words are trustworthy and true. The Lord, the God of the spirits of the prophets, sent his angel to show his servants the things that must soon take place. Behold, Jesus said, I am coming soon. Blessed is he who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. See, in heaven we will be doing work. It doesn't say what we'll be doing, but we'll be serving God, you know, Heaven will be like Eden restored. You know, Adam and Eve had a work to do. They tended the garden. They spent time in the cool of the evening with the Lord. What a joy that will be. You know, I've heard some say that they're not looking forward to heaven. They don't even think about it because the image that they have is that people will be floating around on clouds playing a harp or something and 
totally boring. Boring, they think, boring. But no, heaven's not going to be boring. Heaven's going to be exciting. It's going to be filled with life. We'll have things to do and we'll have a permanent relationship with our Father. What a joy. What a, what a, a, what a vision to look forward to. Don't be blinded by what this world's like. Look forward to what his, his world is like. And that's what he brought to us. Jesus gave his life that we can have that vision, we can have that assurance because his promises are true, his word's true. We can stand upon that and we will have life eternal in his glorious kingdom and we will be a part of his fellowship forever. But we must remember while we're on this earth, Jesus said, I am coming soon. We don't know when that will be. You know, we have all the signs of things that are happening in the world around us and we can get our vision on that and we can go one way or the other. But to me, Jesus is getting ready to return. So we need to be ready. Our hearts need to be ready. First point is how can we have, where can we have this life? How can we know? How can we have that assurance? Now in John 14, 1 to 6, verse 6 says, I tell you the truth. No one can see the kingdom of God unless he's born again. This is when Jesus was talking to Nicodemus and Nicodemus was questioning him about life and Jesus told him this truth in John 3, 3, you must be born again. There was a pastor who often used to quote this scripture from John 3, 3. One day a lady came to him one morning after church and said, why, pastor, do you so often say that you must be born again. The pastor thought and he said to her, because you must be born again. If we're not born again, we don't get to see the kingdom of God. We need to be born of the spirit and of life through the blood of Jesus. You know, this word of life, Jesus is life, appears in John 35 times. And, it, and the verb, this is another thing I learned at school, a verb is a doing word. I, I, I learnt that a noun is a name and a verb is a doing word because they rhyme, but the others I can't remember what they were. But I, I learnt those two. A verb is a doing word. And this verb for life, the verb word for life, is mentioned 15 times that Jesus gives life. He is life, but he also gives life. And John has mentioned that 35 times for he is life and 15 times that he gives life. So... My little brain says that John's trying to tell us something here, that we need to grasp a hold of this. The word of life appears all those times. Jesus is life and he gives life. What does John mean by life? Well, the first part is it's life is the opposite of destruction, condemnation, death. Remember in Romans it says that there is now no condemnation for those whose sins are under the blood of Jesus. They're not facing the judge as to those who don't believe because remember that those who don't believe will be facing when they pass from this world, when their bodies die, they'll be facing the great white throne of judgment. But for those who believe, we'll be facing the judgment seat of Jesus where we'll be given the rewards that we will have in heaven for the things that we've done for him. So life in Jesus is it's a life of meaning and purpose. Without him, a person just exists. Jesus is the one who makes life worth living and when faced with death, look forward to a better life. 
the joy of knowing Jesus is Lord, takes us out of the doldrums of this life into something much better. The gospel says that God is a living God. Therefore, God who lives can give life. We don't worship a dead idol, a dead God. A lot of people have got idols in their lives, but they're, they're just dead, worthless idols. Jesus is a living God. All through the scripture we talk about he's a living God. Jesus rose from death to life, and he can give life, and we are the recipients of it who open our hearts to him. There's a quote that has God saying this, I created men that they should have real life. Through their sin they have ceased to live and only exist, but I have sent them my son to enable them that they may have real life. Let's turn back to John John chapter 6, verses 35. John 6, 35 to 40. Jesus de declared, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry, and he who believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me, and still you don't believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of them that he has given me, but raise him up at the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. That's the promise that Jesus gives to us. You know, I don't know about you, but I don't want to just exist in this world. I don't want to just be a blob that's here today and gone tomorrow. There's work to do. This is a dark, fallen, broken world. There's many people walking around in darkness. They need to hear the good news. The mission of the Holy Spirit is to glorify Jesus and to declare Christ's teaching to the disciples. It's the Holy Spirit who equips and enables us and empowers us to take that teaching into all the world. The second part of John 1 verse 4 says that the life, Jesus was life and the light of men. He uses the word light 21 times. So life and light are really important to, to this reading through the book of John. He wants us to have life and he wants us to have that light of Christ in our hearts to reveal him to the world. This is what John the Baptist did. John the Baptist came not to glorify himself. He was to point people to Jesus, the one coming after him. He was pointing to the great light. That was, that was the mission of John the Baptist, was to make Jesus known. Jesus himself said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but we'll have the light of Christ. That's in John 8, 12. Jesus came to reveal to us who God is and to make a way for us to come back into a right relationship with him. He also equips us and enables us to live for him and so that we will not walk in darkness. One of the oldest fears in the world is the fear of darkness, fear of the unknown, but Jesus gives us a way to walk in his light. It's the light of his word. 
In Psalm 119, 105, the psalmist said, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. You know, his lamp, the light, shows us where we can safely put our feet. And the light that he gives us shows us which pathway to take. What's the safe pathway that we can follow? Because in Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 4, verses 18 and 19, it says that there are two paths, one of darkness, one of light. One leads to the promise of eternal life in heaven. The other one is a pathway of darkness which leads to eternal destruction. Praise God for his light. Praise God for his word. It shows us which way to go. Also the light of Jesus brings is a revealing light. If we turn to John chapter 3, John chapter 3, starting with verse 16 through to 21. John 3, 16 to 21. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him will not be condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but men love darkness instead of light because of their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come to the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what he does has been done through God. You know, one of the reasons that we don't like light is because it reveals things. You know, one of the things that we do nowadays we never used to have is security lights that switch on and off when someone's walking around outside and as soon as the light comes on, they're exposed. And so it's a, it's a type of security. And anyone who's roaming around out there that shouldn't be there, when the light comes on and they're exposed, they flee because they don't like what they're about to do to be exposed. And this is like a light that comes into our heart. You know, we've all done things in our lives that we're not happy with. We've all done things that we hope people don't see, things that we're ashamed of. The scripture says that we've all fallen short of the glory of God. We've all sinned. We all need a saviour. There's no good trying to hide it because God knows all things. He can see. He knows. He understands. He's seen all of our warts and everything else. He knows everything about us. And yet he still loves us. And yet we see him with his arms outstretched toward us saying, come, just as you are, come. I will give you rest. That's his promise to us. Many people thought they, their lives are so bad they can't go to church because their lives are so bad. They've missed the mark by so much. So I've done this and I've done that and I've done that. The love of Jesus is above all that. There is none that he will not save. It's God's will that all will come to salvation. There's no good trying to hide it. He already knows. But the good news is he's already loving and caring and wanting Come, just as you are. You don't have to get your life cleaned up. Some people have said to me that oh, when I get my life in order, I'll come to church. No, come to church just as you are. Let the Lord clean you up. You can't do it. I can't do it. But I know someone who can. His name is Jesus. 
His blood cleanses every sin. That's who you need to come to. Come to Jesus because he loves you. Not only does he love us, but he's willing to forgive us of all of our sins. Let's turn to 1 John this time. 1 John chapter 1, verses 5 to 10. This is a well-known scripture to all of us, I'm sure. 1 John 1, verses 5 to 10. This is the message that we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him yet walk in darkness, we lie and we do not live by the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus his son purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and he will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. That's all of our sins. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word has no place in our lives. The truth of that word is the blood of Jesus purifies us from all sin. Now I heard some guys years ago when they'd returned from Vietnam and the war over there and trying to do battle in, in the jungle. It was so thick. There were some nights when they were out on mission and it was so dark they couldn't see the man in front of them. They had to hold one hand on the man before them so that they could stay all together. They were trusting in the forward scout that he knew where he was going. And this is what we need. Sometimes in this dark world, it gets so dark, we're not sure where we're going. So we need to look to the light. We need to look to Jesus to lead us, to show us the way to go. He's the one who leads us. He's the one who shows us the right way to go. Now there's a scripture that said, the blind man leading a blind man, they will both end up in the ditch. I'm glad that Jesus is not a blind man. I'm not going to end up in the ditch if I follow him. I'm going to end up in a good place. You know, the, when you see the, the lights on a, a runway and, a, and when the plane is coming in, he knows where to land because he sees the lights on the runway and it guides him to that smooth pathway, that pathway that will give him safety. And ships coming into a harbour, you see lights in the water at night time. And that's to show that the, that the ship knows where the deep water is and he won't run aground. So following the right lights is good for us. Jesus gives us his word, in his word, and he lead, leads us and he guides us. Through his word he shows us which way to go and also how to get there. The promise of his word is true. One of the things that we're called to do through the word is we are to let his light shine. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew 5, the Beatitudes. Matthew 5, 14 to 16. This is Jesus talking to us. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. You know, we're not to hide that light. 
we are to let it shine for others. That light that Jesus gives to us is not just for us alone. It's for us to share with others. That's why he, he, he saved us, that we can be ones who will take that good news into all the world. Sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit in our lives is transforming us to be more Christ-like. When you believe in Jesus and the Holy Spirit comes in your heart and he begins a transforming work, a changing work, there's things always in our lives, there's things that will come to the surface. And the reason that comes is not to expose us. The Holy Spirit brings it so that we can deal with it. We can go to someone and ask for counsel or we can just come to the Lord and say, Lord, I, I don't want this anymore. It could be pride. It could be a whole lot of things will come to the surface that are still there after we've been born again. And that's the work of the Holy Spirit, that transforming of the Holy Spirit is doing that work in our heart to... He's making us more Christ-like and getting these things out of our lives because they've been so deeply implanted over the years. In 2 Corinthians 3.18 it says, And we with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory that comes from the Lord, which is the Spirit, ever-increasing so what is his likeness in us? Now, this isn't a physical nature. This is a spiritual, moral nature. How are we like him? We are capable of communicating, and in so doing, we can bless and we can curse. We are creative, and creativity brings us joy and satisfaction. We can experience emotions and feelings, and we long for relationship and fellowship. We can discern between right and wrong. We act and are responsible for our actions. We long, for, we long to pursue him. Mary sat at the feet of Jesus because she just wanted to hear from him. She wanted to hear what he was saying. And Jesus let her know that sitting at his feet was very important. And even though that original intimate relationship that Adam and Eve enjoyed in the Garden of Eden, it was severed by the fall. God has pursued us all down through the ages. He's never turned his back. He's never given up. He has pursued his family, his children, all down through the ages, sending his son that, he might be, that we might be reconciled back into that right relationship to become his sons and his daughters, to become joint heirs with Christ so that his image is reflected in us. Through Christ, the image is brought back to focus so that the glory of God shines from that reflection. Chloe, could you give me a hand? I've got a little demonstration. So just the, the mirror on its own, that's me. I don't reflect much, but when I, when I come under a, a higher light, I can reflect a bright light. The light of Christ, the light of Christ coming into my heart, which is the mirror, I can reflect, but I can. I have the ability to, to go away, and I can. All I'm doing now is, re, oh my goodness, reflecting myself. I should have brushed my hair, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> but I can. I can come away from the light, and all I reflect is self and the things around me. But when I come back into His light, I reflect His light. So that's my choice. I can allow things to block that light or I can allow it to come into that, oops, sorry, 
come into that light and reveal him to those around me. That's what he's calling me to do. That's the choice we have. My reflection does nothing. But when I open my heart and allow his light to come in, the reflection that I have now is him. So that the good works that I do are not mine, but him in me. And people will be drawn to Father God through those things because Jesus is revealing himself through us. That's the call on each one of us, is to let his light shine in this dark world. Let's not be discouraged. You know, we, we just seen the other day the, you know, the statistics that were come out, all the figures come out and Christians are getting less and all the rest of it. Let's not be discouraged by that sort of thing. Let's be encouraged because the light is still shining. God hasn't moved. God hasn't changed. His light's still shining. And we are called to shine that light to the world, to make a stand for righteousness and holiness, to exalt him above all others. That's the call on our lives. Let's turn to Philippians chapter 2. This is a scripture I didn't have in my life group notes. It just came to me this morning, this one actually. Philippians chapter 2, 14 and 15. Do everything without complaining or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe. That's what we're called to do, to shine like stars in the universe, to shine his light. When we engage ourselves with acts of kindness, acts of love, service in the community, we're letting his light shine. It's one, something that was reminded to me many years ago that people don't always hear what we say, but they always do see what you're doing. So we're called to let that light shine in this dark world. Be careful what we do. Be careful what we say. James chapter 1, 22 to 24 says that we need, need to be doers of the word, not just hearers, because we can hear it and then we can walk away and forget about it. But the word that we hear, the word that we read, we need to be doers of it so that Jesus will be glorified. Yes, Jesus did come to give life, real life, and his life was a light to the world. His life overcomes darkness, and he has placed his light in us that we would let his light shine to those around about us. That's the assurance that we have. You know that light? Have you got that assurance that when you leave this earth you're going to be in the kingdom of God and not in the kingdom of hell. That's the choice that we have. God comes to each one of us. Jesus died on the cross that everyone would come to salvation. His blood can cover the foulest of sin. There's not not one sinner in this world that the blood of Jesus cannot forgive and redeem. Some time ago there was a most unusual advertisement appeared in the personal columns of the New York Times. In it, a rich man once announced that the fact that he would pay the debt of anyone who come to him. Many people read his advertisement but did not take up the offer because they were sure that there was a catch to it. However, one desperate man who was up to his eyeballs in debt decided to go along and see the rich man. When he arrived at his home, he asked him, 
What's the catch about you paying people's debts? And the wealthy man told him that there's no catch. I just wanted to do some good. So he wrote out a cheque for this man which paid all of his debts. The news spread, but also in that advertisement was there was a time limit on it. The original advertisement had a time limit and everyone who came late so that only one man took the rich man at his word and went along and had his debt paid. Yeah, there's a time limit that Jesus is coming back. We need to be ready. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, you need to get your heart right with him. There is a time limit. Jesus is going to return. We never know when we're going to be called upon to leave this earth. This body goes into the ground, but our spirit and our soul lives forever. We've got a choice where we're going to spend that eternity. As for me, Jesus is my Lord. I have that assurance that when I leave this earth that I'm going to be with him. And God has raised me up to tell that to others. He spoke to me one day, please don't deny me. That's my call. Preach Jesus and Jesus alone. Everything we need for life was done for us on the cross of Calvary. Jesus paid it all. And so that's my call to you today. If there's anyone who has not made Jesus Lord of their lives, can I encourage you to bow the knee, repent of your sin, and just ask Jesus to come in, to open up your hearts and say, Jesus, I'm sorry for my life. Come in and save me. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you for the life that you've given to us. We thank you and praise you that you gave your life as a ransom on that cross at Calvary that we could gain life. Lord, we don't want to just exist. We don't want to just go through this life in a meaningless, unproductive kind of a way. We want our lives to have meaning. We want our lives to have purpose. We want to have that blessed assurance that when I leave this earth, that my body goes into the ground and my spirit and soul rise. I want to come into your presence that I can spend eternity with you. Thank you, Jesus, for your sacrifice. Come, Holy Spirit, bring to us that conviction of sin, of righteousness and of the coming judgment that we will not wait another day Today is a day of salvation. Jesus has already paid the price. All we need to do is come and bow the knee to him. So, Father, we give you praise, we give you thanks that not only have you given us life, but you've given us your light so that we know how to live, we know where to go. That pathway that you've given us to walk on, It's a pathway that leads to life. So how could we not praise you? How could we not worship you? So today, Father, we want to thank you that you've made yourself known to us. You never left us alone. You sent your Holy Spirit to reveal to us your word. And we take you at your word. You promised that you would pay for our sins. There's no catch only promise of eternal life. Thank you, Jesus, for that promise. So, Lord, we want to just give you praise and thanks as we go out into the world this week. We ask that your light would shine so bright in us 
that people will know that Jesus lives. People will know that Jesus lives by the way that we love one another, by the way that we care for one another, by the way that we serve you in this community. Even the smallest act of kindness is your light shining in this world. Thank you, Jesus. So, Lord, we just ask a blessing over every family here today. Wherever you go, whatever you've got on for the rest of the week, for all those who are watching online, we pray a blessing over you too, God's blessing, that you would become his hands and feet in this world, light bearers for Jesus, and to him be all the praise and all the glory. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast from Living Waters Church, Kyabram. Don't forget, you can find us at www.lwkyabram.com.